Hi, and welcome to The Juice. Hi, and welcome to The Juice. Today's featured guest is Ashley Bendixson. Ashley is a Tapia speaker, award-winning activist, author, and prevention educator specializing in domestic violence, sexual assault prevention, healthy youth dating, empowerment, and leadership development. Ashley is here today to share her journey with us. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, fam. Thank you. So before we get started, are you up for a little game? I am, yes. <laughs> right. Um, hesitantly, she says I am. Um, <laughs> I so think, what I'm going to yeah. do is I'm going to ask you a ton of questions. And if you answer all of them in 60 seconds, I will donate to your favorite charity. Okay. All right. Um, and it's okay if you don't answer all of them. People okay. have lost before and it's okay. It's all for fun. <laughs> okay. Stakes are high though. I'm going to try my best. All right. Rapid fire. Ready? Okay. Mm -hmm. 60 seconds on the clock. Okay. Gold or silver? Silver. Favorite article of clothing? Joggers. Okay. So uh, iPhone or uh, Android? iPhone. Card game or board game? Board game. Tent or RV? RV. Um, baked goods or fruit? Fruit. Favorite juice? Carrot. <laughs> Toilet paper, over or under? Over. Bar of soap or shower gel? Shower gel. Make your bed in the morning or leave it unmade? Make the bed. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark chocolate. Favorite season? Summer. Favorite cuisine? Vegan. Favorite color? Purple. Dress up or dress down? Dress down. Is it wrong for vegetarians to eat animal crackers? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> There's probably hidden milk in them, as there is in everything. So, <laughs> yeah, and all other sorts of stuff. Favorite uh, Mac or PC? Uh, PC. Biggest pet peeve? Slow drivers. Favorite movie? Great Gatsby. Ooh. Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. Uh, spend or save? Spend. <laughs> Vacation or staycation? Vacation. Text or call? Call. Laundry or dishes? Dishes. <laughs> Superman or Batman? <clears throat> Batman. Rain or snow? Uh, snow. Favorite feature? Feature? Of myself? Yeah. Um, my eyes. Okay. Cat or dog? Cat. And I think I know the answer to this, but vegetarian or vegan? <laughs> vegan. You're a winner. Oh my so, goodness. Uh, that was tough. What'd you say? That was tough. It's hard. <laughs> we don't make it easy over here at The Juice. <laughs> um, we'll get the information later from you so we can donate. And, I appreciate um, that. Cool. Of course. What, what, what's your cause? What, what are we donating to? Yeah, um, your listeners will hear it, but it's certainly domestic violence agencies. They need the support now more than ever. So um, yeah, that's a really uh, well uh, attributed donation. So thank you. Awesome. Cool. So what's your big why? What gets you up every morning? 
Honestly, uh, my business really stems from my personal experience and the challenges that I faced as an adolescent and as a young adult. And I've often gone back to who I was as a little girl before the world changed me, before I was exposed to trauma and hardship. And I feel like every day I want to somehow protect the little girls out there from experiencing what I did. And so that's definitely my big why as my primary work as a youth speaker, but also, you know, because of my hardships, I've really found purpose from my challenges. So I feel like it's my, my personal mission to drive change and raise awareness of the issues that so many people face and, and deal with in silence. So yeah, I definitely want to make an impact. I don't think you have to say I definitely want to. You can say I definitely am making an impact <laughs> because you are. Thank you. And it's, I've been through a lot of my own trauma and adversity myself, and I understand how hard it is to stand up there, and maybe it isn't now because you've been doing it for so long, but in the beginning, and to get the courage. So you're inspiring me, number one. And number two, it has to be your mission because it's not something anyone wants to go and do and be like, hey, look at me, let me expose myself and tell you everything I've been through. It's something right. bigger than ourselves that make us do that. So I love that. Absolutely, yeah, thank you. Um, so I think you kind of answered this, but I'm just going to dive deep, a little deeper. What personal experiences motivated you to become an activist and youth speaker? Yeah. So, um, you know, from 14 to 20, I experienced just a pattern of abusive relationships. And, you know, sadly, it was a really challenging start. My first relationship at 14 years old was, you know, sexually abusive, dating violence with the verbal, emotional, physical abuse. And it just caused me to really struggle as an adolescent from disordered eating habits to, you know, not focusing on school. I had a low self-esteem and that just turned into, like I said, a cycle of abuse that eventually brought me to an abusive relationship in college that was so damaging that it left me penniless, homeless. He forced me to drop out of college. I had no support network anymore. And that only ended with a severely physical attack. And, you know, it was just this phase of my life that I really lived in this victim mindset of like really believing this is just the hand I'm dealt. I have to figure it out. I have to manage it. And I never saw that there was a like greener grass somewhere else. But once it all came crashing down and I was at rock bottom, I had this, I used to call it an, an aha moment, but I think it was like a little moment of intuition where like this little voice came to me and was like, no, Ashley, like you are done. What have you been doing? This was never your fault. Like this was everybody else and just let go and start living for you and make up for lost time because I'd, I'd lost my identity and I'd thrown away everything, even my schooling, my goals. So yeah, at, you know, 20, I was, I had nothing left, but just a determination to rebuild. And that's kind of what you know, chose the trajectory of the rest of my career and where I'd, what I would eventually go back to school for and now what I'm doing today. When you say rock bottom, was rock bottom like a place or does, do you hit rock bottom? And I'm going to try to make this question clear. I might not be, but like, okay, so everything was taking for you. Was that rock bottom or did you have to process that over and over again a few times before it really hit rock bottom? Yeah, I mean, I was probably at rock bottom long before I feel like I, I was. I think it was just the awareness of I have nothing, you know, um, that sudden like clarity on everything I'd thrown away, which and I and I always say, I think the biggest loss was just my myself, my mm -hmm. identity. I just I was just very alone in the world and and couldn't believe like, how did my life get to this point? And I think, you know, I call the day that I was attacked rock bottom just because 
I had no idea where to go from that point. And I really had to rebuild and uh, build back up. So yeah, that was my foundation. What'd you say? That was the foundation to uh, start building. Um, so this is going to be like a two part question for you. What is domestic violence and how does one know if they are the victim of it? Sometimes people don't even realize it. Yeah, you know, people always ask the cliched question, why do people stay? And I think the number one answer is usually that most people don't know they're a victim. Uh, none of us want to believe that we would fall in love with an abuser, and none of us want to think that we would get in a situation like that. But, you know, domestic violence is rooted in one partner in a relationship or some type of relationship dynamic, it could be family, um, where you know one person needs power and control in some way. They're the ones that makes the decisions, that influences your decisions. And the misconception is that it's physical abuse, but there's so many types of harm that can occur. And for most people, the abuse, excuse me, is emotional and verbal and three at once, is emotional, verbal, psychological. So, you know, maybe somebody, you know, criticizes your career decisions or the way you look and it just affects your self-esteem. So, you know, domestic violence is a very complex issue, but I always say, you know, if you're in a relationship where one person is constantly instigating, there's this pattern where everything's fine, then all of a sudden there's this huge argument again. And, you know, it's just, it goes on and on. You might have a good week, but then all of a sudden it's just a matter of time before there's another huge blowout. That's such a common red flag is that pattern, that cycle, that keeps happening within a relationship where it's one person constantly causing issues, wanting to have some type of power and control, and you're just giving of yourself to that person to keep them happy. And it happens over and over and over again, and people are mm -hmm. stuck in that cycle, and it's un so unfortunate, but it's hard to break out. It is. Um, so you wrote, you're the author of The Language of Time, which mm -hmm. was a breakthrough, best-selling memoir. Congratulations. Thank you. In that, I learned some stuff about you, obviously, and I guess I'd love you to share with our viewers what it was like being in a caregiver role as a young adult. Yeah, so crazy experience. My mom was just 48 years old when she developed early onset Alzheimer's, which was so bizarre. And as far as we know, no one in her family's ever had it. So it was pretty devastating to hear that diagnosis. And I was only in my 20s. And you know, kind of looking at the timeline of what I just discussed, I was slowly rebuilding my relationship with my family, coming back into their lives, really glad to be you know, connected to them again. And then it was just a few short years before my mom became ill. And so you know, I, at this point in my life, I was involved in the community. I was going back to school full time, juggling all these responsibilities, and also overnight became a caregiver to my mother. And um, I ended up taking care of her for the next eight years, which is crazy. And she unfortunately passed at 56. Mm. But you know, one of the things that's always helped me, whether I was 14, 18, struggling with my issues or caregiving in my 20s has been journaling. And so I was just writing and using my journal to vent, but also capture memories and moments and things my mother said. And eventually I turned it into a book. And um, you know, even though it's unrelated to my business, I feel like I see the red thread through everything I've been through. And that is that time is short and, you know, you can lose opportunities and, you know, tomorrow's never guaranteed. And we just need to wake up every day and live our lives to the fullest and be grateful and appreciate those we love and go after our dreams because you never know when those things might be taken away from you. 
I am 100,000% with you. I've lost both my parents. I've been through so much trauma myself, so I totally get it. And I always feel like I just wish people could see it, but they can't until they have that pivotal life-changing moment. Some people do, but most people it takes something like losing your mom or me losing my parents or the, the, the abuse or whatever. And I think more of you being out there and sharing this with people, more people will resonate with that and maybe just be like, okay, this is the only life we have. Let's just go for it. If this isn't working, go in a different direction and make this work. Um, So what has been your biggest challenge in life and how does this impact how you tackle challenges today? Because it sounds like you've had a lot of challenges. Yeah, um, I think my biggest challenge has just been as simple as it sounds, but very complex task to, uh, to accomplish is just believing in myself and knowing my worth. You know, we can tell ourselves that we're worthy of things, but to actually feel it and believe it and live from a place of, of self-worth um, is, is a totally different thing. And that's something I've had to go through in cycles, you know, as a young adult, but also as an entrepreneur, like I'm worthy of success or this next level in my business or asking for this price. So I think that's been the biggest challenge and I've just really learned how to apply, you know, positive thinking, journaling, meditation, visualization, or even just identifying a limiting belief and being able to like course correct, look at it objectionably and, you know, find a solution to it. So yeah, that's the ongoing (laughs) process. I love it. So how about boundaries? I feel like you've probably learned how to set really good boundaries, which keeps you in line most of the time. Would boundaries be one of those? Yeah, I think it it can go both ways. You know, some people struggle and they cannot set boundaries and they just keep getting victimized or hurt or taken advantage of by people. And once I had that moment where I was fed up, done, I put up such strong boundaries that now it's just been a process of loosening them up a bit. But (laughs) yeah, I really value like my personal time, my personal space. I know what I need to to thrive and to do well. So yeah, I've, I've, I've continually learned to set boundaries. And even like in today's technological world, you have to set phone boundaries, you know, when you answer emails. I mean, it's just, it's so important for our self care and our mental health. I just feel like, you know, I can really connect with you and like I, I, the things you've been through, I haven't been through. I've been through my own version of them, but same thing. Like I know what I need. If I want my energy vibrating at a high level, I know I have to protect my space, my time and give myself those things. And I think that people aren't in touch with what they need. They don't know. So they don't know how to take care of themselves. Yeah. Hopefully more and more people will learn that this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as a prevention educator who speaks to youth, na- youth natu- nationally, how do you think speaking about your own experience impacts your teen, uh, teen audiences? I'm a firm believer that storytelling is the way to reach people. Um, and I've learned that by telling my story, that's the best way I can educate. And you know, then I can break down some slides, but if I just pull up bullet points on a PowerPoint, kids are never going to learn. They're not going to listen. So, you know, by me sharing my story and being really honest and open with what I went through, 
teens especially, you know, they're nodding their heads in the audience. They completely resonate with what I'm going through, whether it's like peer pressure, wanting to please your friends, something your partner's asking you to do that you're not comfortable doing and you don't feel like you can say no or ask an adult for help. I mean, these are very common universal things teens face. So, you know, I think it, it really validates the experiences of a lot of struggling teens. And it also gives them like a sense of solidarity and this confidence that they too can speak up and not be ashamed and that they shouldn't have to struggle uh, the way I did. So de it definitely impacts them just by me using my story to teach. I was going to say that as well. Having three teenagers myself, I feel like it normalizes it, not in a bad way, like this is normal and it's okay, but it's like, I'm not alone in this. I'm not the only one who's going through this version of what you're going through. There's someone else out there that's beaten it. So right. I think it's beautiful. You are the founder of the Blue Hearts Project. Can you tell our viewers about your project and why you created it? Yes, um, thank you for asking. So, you know, one of the things that has consistently come up over the years is, you know, other survivors have come up and said, how can I use my story to help others too? Like, I don't want to get on a stage and speak, but how can I give back? How can I help inspire others? And I, I just realized there wasn't really like a central hub for survivors to share their stories. And so I decided this was like, you know, when you have a crazy idea just comes to you. I don't even know where the name came from, the symbol of the blue heart, but it just popped into my head one night before I was going to sleep. And the whole vision of what this platform was just came to me. And so now it's a, it's a storytelling platform for survivors of different types of abuse. I have stories from survivors from all over the world. Um, I've collected over 250 in the past year. And uh, it's been a really amazing way for, this is the feedback I've received, for survivors to write their stories, they feel like they heal, like they put their story into the world and they release it. And then I have other people that read these stories and they're saying, oh, I went through that too. I didn't think that this was abusive or I just justified it as this. And so we have resources on there too. So it's been a really like empowering awareness building website. And um, yeah, anybody can submit their story. We can keep you anonymous. And uh, it's just a really, there's a form that makes telling your story easy. There's question prompts, but yeah. We and again, it's relatable. We're not alone, which yeah. is about community. And you can write a, you can put a book together on all those stories, I bet. Oh yeah. Um, that's, that's amazing. I love it. I mean, I know I keep saying I love it because I really do. It's very genuine. Like it's not a filler. It's like, um, everything you're doing is impactful. Thank you. Uh, who's been the biggest influence in your life? Hmm. You know, I've, I've had, I've been blessed to have so many mentors in my healing journey. I joined women's empowerment groups and, you know, boards with women and, so I've had a lot of mentors over the years. You know, I can't say I've had a consistent role model my whole life because I've gone through so much, but I would say today my mom remains an influence. I think of her every day. I, you know, she passed away in my arms. And one of the things I promised to her in that very moment was like, everything I do, I will do for you. I will try to make you proud. And I really do apply that mentality to every choice I make. Um, you know, from the food I eat to the business decisions I make to how I treat people, I keep my mother in mind. So she's definitely my guiding light. Beautiful. What's your greatest accomplishment? I think if I had to pick a, like a milestone, something I actually achieved, I would say returning to school uh, and finally graduating. And I actually went back and graduated as valedictorian seven years after I dropped wow, out. Wow, that's so, amazing. 
that's still a moment that today is surreal. And I know like your whole thing is mindset. My, the way I got there was through mindset, like visualized it, believed it. It kept me on track. And I'm still amazed that I actually was able to do it. I went from like a failing GPA, couldn't even get accepted into colleges to my dream college accepted me based on my essay. And then I was top in my class. So yeah, that's something I'm very proud of. <laughs> that says so much about the human spirit. Yes. Love mm -hmm. it. Um, what's the most important thing you learned on your journey? I think I've learned to be self-reliant um, and I've really learned how to self-diagnose and not shift the blame on others or blame my external circumstances, but really know that I'm, I'm in control of, of how my life unfolds. Um, so yeah, self-reliance on my ability to direct my life. And then also, like I just said, I'm such a believer now in visualization and the power of our minds to also achieve your goals. So those have been the two things I've really learned. Self-reliance, I always think of because me too, same thing. And I love it. And it's like very empowering. But it's also sometimes I'm like, oh, it's sad because sometimes I would just want someone else to do it for me or help me with it. But at the end of the day, if you can't do it for yourself, no one can do it for you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so it's all about gratitude, in my opinion. Everything from the moment I wake up to the time I go to bed. What are you most grateful for today? I'm grateful that I that I am me. I feel like I am. Ah, I love yeah. that. I feel like I'm reconnected to the Ashley Bendixson that was born into this world and who I was supposed to be. And she was lost for so long. And I'm just like, thank goodness I found myself again. And then of course the, you know, the little tangible things like the roof over my head when I once didn't have a place to sleep. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm grateful I have myself. Yeah. I'm grateful you have you too. Thank you. <laughs> Um, if a person's experiencing domestic violence, what should they do? I think if you even have the slightest hunch, uh, like trust your intuition, talk to someone, get advice. A lot of people don't realize that there's free domestic violence agencies in every community that even offer free counseling and free transitional supports. And like sometimes they offer financial assistance to put you into a new home. So definitely just Google your local domestic violence agency or just reach out to these free hotlines. You know, you might turn to your best friend or a sibling and ask for their advice, but if you get advice from a stranger, that can be really eye-opening. So talking to someone who's totally objective, hearing your story, and then giving you some resources. So don't That's stay great. silent. Yeah. You know, friends are going to have the same soundtrack and you're, they're going to know your story and you relate in a certain way. An, an objective person will have a totally different perspective. Yeah. Um, just a couple more questions. Yeah. Okay, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to share with our viewers? Um, yeah, I guess uh, the only thing I would add is that, you know, while my primary work is uh, speaking to teens and students, I go into middle schools, high schools, colleges. Um, I also, I train workplaces on how to respond to domestic violence, how to 
help a, you know, refer a coworker that you think is experiencing harm. Because I think even if you've never gone through this, all of us know someone who has. So I'm doing workplace trainings. I train first responders, victim advocates, social workers. Uh, I train the military a few times a year and uh, I'm going to be launching a, a parent training online. So, you know, I definitely offer a lot. So if anybody wants to learn more about this, you know, I'd love for them to connect with me. And, you know, if anybody thinks that I could offer a virtual presentation, um, you know, I'm available for this. I love to just advocate and spread the word and, and train as many people as I can. At the end, I'll give you an opportunity to give your contact information and everything. Um, that's like, I, I read that you do leadership development, but I don't think I was able to dive in deep enough or find this online to see that that's what, exactly what it is. And I think that's pretty spectacular. And the parent training is key. Mm -hmm. It's so imperative. So I love that you're going to do that. Um, mm -hmm. So this is an opportunity in the show to turn the tables. You get to ask me a question now. You can ask me anything you'd like to know or anything you want to think the viewers would like to know. What do you got? Yeah, so um, I did put some thought into this, uh, specifically on your expertise around mindset. So I think sometimes it's really easy to yo-yo between being in a really good mindset and a negative mindset. And I know like sometimes you can and I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through this, where you wake up, you're doing your personal development, you're reading your wealth consciousness books and you're, you know, all these different things. And you're like, yes, I can do this. I'm going to launch this program. And you see this whole vision. But then sometimes by lunchtime, you're already in like fear mode. What if no one buys this course? What if no one wants to book me? What if I can't pay my rent this month? So do you have like suggestions on how to not keep yo-yoing back and forth, but to stay really steady and like combat those negative fears? So I think, um, I do. I think, first of all, you're always going to yo-yo. It's just how extreme is the yo-yo and how quickly can you catch it? Mm. So the, the part about catching it is, well, I know you do a lot of the work. I heard you say that the meditation, the taking time for yourself, filling your needs. So that's filling up your reserves so that when you do spin off into the wrong direction, you're able to bring yourself back. But what I like to tell my clients when they ask a question like this, which I get asked a lot, is put a reminder in your phone every hour. Do a mental scan, a physical scan. So body scan, mental scan. See where you're at. Give yourself a few affirmations, remind yourself of what you're doing, why you're doing it and why you know it's going to be something amazing so that you head it off before it even gets there to that point of, wait, are people going to like this or wait, why am I doing this? But you won't remember to do that even if you say in the morning, oh, I'm going to do this. You got to put the reminders there or a sticky note on your computer or something that will allow you to stop, pause, scan. Yeah, I love that. I love the reminders idea. I've not done that, so I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> um, and so one last question. Um, how, can the con uh, how can the viewers contact you? Yeah, so it's pretty simple. Just my full name, ashleybendixon.com. I'm on every social media other than TikTok, at Ashley Bendixon. Um, and yeah, people can reach out to me on any medium and my website shows exactly what I offer and then again the um the store storytelling platform for survivors it, again is blueheartsproject.com I want to get to say that okay and um we'll put everything up you guys even if you haven't experienced any of the things that Ashley has she's an inspiration she's motivational you don't have to have her story to benefit so check her out you won't want to miss her and that's a wrap Thank, Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you for this.